The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers, to achieve their potential, and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, everyone. Ken and Cheryl here with Donna Flagg, consultant and author of Surviving Dreaded Conversations. We're going to have an interesting discussion today about how you can uh, approach those difficult situations where you don't know exactly how to um, start the conversation, how to get through it without getting emotional, and how to conclude it in a positive way. But before we begin the show, we'd like to re- announce that we have created seven free videos for you, our listeners, that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access these free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Well, have you dreaded work conversations that are emotionally charged? Can you tell when a conversation is about to turn for the worse? Do you know how to listen effectively even when others blow up or clam up? Do people feel safe to talk with you about anything? Ask any leader or organization what their top areas of improvement are, and invariably difficult communications are mentioned. Today's guest has recommendations that can help you dramatically improve your communications in those difficult circumstances and achieve a greater success in your work relationships and your career as a result. Let me briefly introduce uh, Donna. Donna Flagg is founder of Chrysalis Group, a consulting firm specializing in management, marketing, training, and sales. She has worked with Fortune 500 companies on how to deal with interpersonal issues and communicate effectively in the workplace. Donna spent over 15 years in business before consulting. Her management career began in sales, and subsequently she spearheaded a new training function with an investment banking firm. After earning a B.A. from Rutgers uh, University, she obtained a master's degree from NYU in organizational development and human resource management. She also has a postgraduate degree in business education. Donna has been a visiting instructor and speaks at various professional conferences. She's frequently featured in the press for her workplace expertise. Welcome, Donna. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. We're delighted, and uh, we understand that uh, you live and work in New York. I do. So that's, right in the thick uh, of things. That's one of the exciting places in the world, and certainly um, uh, we're thinking of, of all of you now with uh, the recent announcement of the, uh, the attempted bombing. We're so glad that that uh, was just attempted and wasn't successful. Yeah, thank you. It was actually a, a bit shocking to wake up to that news, but, again, the, the good news is that... Um, you know, no one was hurt, and it was. Uh, it didn't, I guess, detonate. All right, and hopefully they'll find uh, the perpetrator. Well, you've got an incredibly diversified career. It seems like you're a professional student as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your back- background and why you made your various career choices? Sure. 
I mean, sometimes I, I say that I, I made the choices and sometimes I say they found me. And I think if I look at kind of the opportunities that, ha- that have crossed my path, a lot of them have been because I've always pursued what I've been interested in. So I actually started out as a trained dancer, and due to that, you know, whatever, however, you, however old you are when you start, but all of those years in that environment, I knew when it was time to look at career that I needed to be in a creative environment. And so that's what I looked for, and I continued to pursue that, and I knew I would excel, you know, around people who were really creative, and I would, and I would understand it, and I would have a much better chance at thriving in that environment. So I surrounded myself with, well, first I pursued, I pursued jobs where I felt uh, drawn and interested, and, and I really, you know, in some cases people laugh at me because I would pick a company and say that's where I want to work. And, you know, my father had said to me, well, you can't, that's not how you can look for a job, you know, and I said, but, but, I, but I have to know that I can't work there before I go somewhere else. And that was my first job at Chanel, which was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. And then, and then I learned, you know, what I liked, what I didn't, and I just kept, I, I always felt gravitated towards things that interested me, and then I would start, you know, taking action and doing things that I felt were, could, could um, get me to that end. And then the more I did that, the more it kind of fed itself, and I just had phenomenal opportunities come my way. I mean, things that I couldn't have ever dreamt up in a million years. And I'm fascinated by your uh, title, Surviving Dreaded Conversations. How did you happen to come up with that title? Well, I had actually been in the paper uh, that, that, uh, one morning in the New York Times, and we were, I was in uh, with Lisa Belkin talking about terminations. And uh, that prompted a phone call with an editor who thought there'd be some value in looking at, beyond terminations, what types of difficult conversations occur specifically in the workplace. And as he and I talked about it, he himself was sharing with me that he dreaded certain conversations. And I said, you know what, this is beyond having difficult conversations because I'm not convinced that the way they're positioned in the marketplace where they typically focus on conflict or confrontation is, is sufficient. So when I, when I, in talking with him and then in starting to kind of look, talk to other people about this whole idea of what makes certain things difficult to discuss at work, this whole idea about, to me, it became very clear that it wasn't really the information, it was the dread that we were experiencing and what we were doing to ourselves prior to having to face something that I didn't think needed to necessarily be so difficult. Donna, what's fascinating about what you're saying is that uh, in our book, Job Search, the Total System, we talk about uh, termination as not necessarily being uh, a negative thing, but the fact that uh, being terminated can actually be the best thing that ever happened to you when you follow our system uh, and you'll have a better job, better pay, better life if you do so. So what appears to be a dreaded conversation actually doesn't have to be that at all if you can put a positive twist on it and make it exactly that. Well, I agree with that. I mean, I think in some cases when you have situations where people aren't performing, I've always felt it's a positive thing. And I've never understood why people, A, on the receiving side would want to stay in a spot where they're not succeeding or thriving, and B, why the manager or the organization wouldn't feel a responsibility to, to share that information with the person so they could find a better place. I've never understood it. I've always felt like it was a really noble, honest thing to do, to say you're, this is not a good place for you because you're not shining. 
And, and so there's a, there's a much better place out there where, you know, you can be happy and you can learn and you can grow. And I've, I've, since I first started my career, I've always felt that way. Well, there's so many uh, truths in, in what you're saying, uh, in, even in your career discussion and how you made those choices. That's one of the things that we emphasize with our clients, both uh, those that find us uh, through Total Career Success and also our corporate clients, um, that you really have to focus on your passion Mm-hmm. And what's important to you? What your what your um, you know your values are? And it was interesting. I had the opportunity last week to actually present to a high school graduate group. That's the first time I had uh, really presented at that level. And most of our um, uh, most of our presentations to young people are for the college grads. Mm-hmm. In fact, we'll have one coming up soon. But I was really intrigued with uh, how these young people really got it that mm-hmm. they needed to be passionate about uh, the work that they went into and the, the choices they made. And already these young people just graduating from high school had in mind what careers that they wanted to pursue. And maybe they won't stay in them, uh, as you have found throughout your career, that you made, uh, you had stepping stones. Yes, absolutely. To, to even greater opportunities for success. Absolutely. And I always listen to kind of what I was learning in each job about myself. You know, what was working for me, what wasn't working for me. I had a terrible time in school, so I think I was hypersensitive coming out. That I, there, I was determined that I would not be in an environment where I couldn't succeed, where I'd feel crummy, where I'd feel frustrated. That just wasn't an option for me. So, uh, for, so to whatever extent, you know, the, through the adversity came a will to find a place where I would be happy and where I would be able to contribute and where I could continue to grow was, was early on in my career very important to me, and I was very conscious of it. Well, and, and from the corporate perspective, um, you know, the, the managers or supervisors who are having to share uh, what seems like very bad news when they have to announce a, a termination or, you know, a layoff situation, many times it's not performance-driven at all. These are right. people that they value, that they've yeah. uh, appreciated working with, and to have to communicate that um, news is extremely uh, stressful for them. Yeah, that's them. hard. And, and we actually consult with companies about how to do that effectively, and I know mm-hmm. you had several scripts in your book, and that's one of the things that really drew me to your book, Donna, is that you don't just explain how to do it. You actually give some scripting that help people to, to deal with the very common uh, dreaded situations more effectively. Right. I think it's really helpful to see it to see how it could look, how it might look, um, and how, it's, how short it is. You know, like a lot, of the, 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 a lot of the, I think what was helpful about those scripts is it doesn't go on, each script does not go on for pages and pages. And I find that the, the, out of nervousness or out of discomfort, a lot of people will ramble on, and a lot of that is just to put in front of you how crisp it really should be, and that's just to alleviate the discomfort on all sides. Well, let's um, clarify for our listeners uh, what you feel is really different about your approach with dreaded conversations. You mentioned that it's not necessarily about the conflict or about the confrontation and persuasion, and this is another approach that a lot of the books out there take. What is different about your approach? Well, I think it's, it's, it's first and foremost those first three things. If we take conflict first, I, I don't see how it's possible for people to understand one another without conflict. I, I actually think conflict is really good. I think it's really healthy. I think that if people didn't have differences, we'd live in a very boring world. 
And I think if we can reframe it and change our mindset around it and learn to appreciate it as something really um, helpful, then I think that's, that's worth doing. On the confrontation side, you know, I often said, we're talking to people, we're only talking to the people who hate confrontation. But if you're in the business world, you know that there are plenty of people that not only, not only, um, you know, don't, are afraid of it, but they thrive on it. So then I felt like we're really only talking to half the population or to only the people who are, are, are fearful and intimidated by those other people. And I felt that that really wasn't a slam dunk either. That's not, we're not talking to everybody. But yet everybody, the people, whether they're confrontational or not, those people also have conversations that they find difficult that they dread. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to look for what's the universal part of this, what, what makes it difficult, whether you're confrontational or not, whether you're afraid of conflict or not, and the, the last piece was the persuasion piece, and I just always felt that when we're teaching people to persuade, while it's necessary and while it's legitimate in business, in, in, in a lot of cases, you're angling for what you want. And I've always felt that on some level, that is not conducive to authentic dialogue. Because a lot of what makes authentic dialogue healthy and appropriate is your ability to see the other person's point of view and, and consider it and appreciate it. But if you're focused on the, the net outcome being your, your end result that you need, I just think that that acts as a barrier. So while I think all of those things are legitimate and valid, I don't think that they cover the idea that conversations are difficult because they're difficult and we dread them because of something within us not because we're afraid of the other person, you know, or, or an external response. So you came up with the universal issue being? That we dread thing, that we dread sitting down and having difficult conversations for, to whatever extent we deem that thing difficult because we were never taught to exercise that part of our communication skills. And I, and I often say, you know, we're taught essentially that the truth hurts more than a lie. And so my... My immediate rebuttal to that is, but how can it, I mean, I, sorry, that the truth, the truth hurts, and I always say, well, how can it hurt more than a lie? You know, even if you're in a work situation, people need information, they need feedback, they need to understand, and they can't do that if we withhold information or if we change it or if we sugarcoat it. So I've always felt that it's not a difficult thing to do. It's, about, it's a learned thing like everything else we go through in life and that we fear it because we're uncomfortable doing it because we never had the opportunity to strengthen, to, to, you know, to be stronger and have muscles that carry us through these conversations. So, we're, so, so then we sit down. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so you're really looking at an exchange of information and doing it way, in a healthy way with, with someone, even if it's a topic that's tough. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Well, we're going to take a little break here, Donna, but when we return, we're going to get into some specific strategies to deal more effectively with those dreaded conversations. So stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. 
and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here. We're with Donna Flagg, marketing and communications consultant and author of Surviving Dreaded Conversations. Uh, we talked in the last segment on how important it is to be truthful and to really look at those dreaded conversations as an exchange of information rather than um, uh, a situation where you need to press for your own uh, position. Uh, Ken, I believe you had a question to follow on that. Yeah, Donna, um, one of the areas that we've discovered over the years, and I'm sure you have too, is that organizations oftentimes uh, don't necessarily uh, want a confrontational employee. Oftentimes they're... Uh, looking to have harmony in the organization and people who do what they're told and bosses who have employees who agree with them. Uh, how do you deal with that in, uh, in your experience? Well, I think there's a, a fundamental misunderstanding there. And, you know, someone, someone wrote in on my blog, and I was 
did I wrote something about just telling the truth and, and it's lucid and it's clear and it's calm and and it's diplomatic and and there's space between something sounding really good and sounding really bad and it's this neutrality in the middle and someone wrote and said you know challenged me and said so are you saying I should just walk up to my colleague and say she looks fat in that dress and I said now that's ridiculous because I'm not saying be mean and be off topic and be irrelevant and I found and I got several of, of those types of responses and I thought people think that being truthful is is a license to be mean and I think that's where a lot of the retraining and the reframing on this comes in because it's perfectly fine to sit down and just tell someone what you think and how you feel and I don't think that that has to be done in a confrontational way and I think that those companies, you know, there's a lot, there are also a lot of companies that want employees to speak their mind, and they are often the same companies who say they want harmony and they want a collegial environment, and it's about teaching employees that there is a way to do this that doesn't have to be offensive, that is actually bonding and connects people rather than alienates them and, and separates them. And I just think it's a fundamental misunderstanding about communicating and the ability to just say without the charge, without, you know, the emotion, and share. You're sharing what you think and how you feel in a right. non-threatening, perfectly honest, perfectly, re- perfectly reasonable and acceptable way. And one of the ways we've done that, Don, over the years, as I'm sure you're aware, is our uh, 360 communication vehicle, which is a very, very effective tool and which involves everyone in the discussion and the feedback mechanism and... Uh, uh, we found that to be extraordinarily helpful uh, to do exactly what you're suggesting. Yeah, you mean because you get feedback about your communication style, sure. and then From, yeah, you know the boss and subordinates and peers, and yeah. uh, it's uh, it's literally 360, and it's a very effective technique. Yeah, yeah, I had that in one of my jobs. I agree with you. It was uh, you know you get a, a nice kind of uh, a picture. And so this, that can help individuals in their performance areas. We also do behavioral assessment that helps individuals to see what their underlying preferences are, whether it's related to communication or other, um, you know, uh, leadership skills and so forth, to help them understand why they approach things that, the way they did. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was really powerful about um, your book on dreaded conversations is, is how you um, help people to see the ego part of communications and how that can uh, derail a really calm and effective uh, exchange of information. Can you share a little bit about how the ego plays into it? Sure. Well, I think it, you know, at its most basic level, and you think about the ego and its development, it comes into play or, or it kind of comes to life as a defense mechanism. So even if you just look that far, you see well, oh my gosh, you know, suddenly you're bringing a defense mechanism into a conversation, which will never work. It will never, it will never create openness. It will never create an expanded view. It will never create willingness. It's a, it's a problem. So if people are not familiar with how ego operates and how they are spontaneously triggered, you know, in some ways I laugh because it's so absurd, you know, you, and everyone can appreciate they'll be having a perfectly normal conversation and suddenly things change. And I think in many ways that's what frightens us about these conversations because we are caught off guard and we are taken by surprise by this alter ego that we're not familiar with. And it's generally not healthy, or not generally, it's not healthy. It's 
uh, it's defensive, it distorts reality, and suddenly you're lost swimming about in this space talking about, you know, who knows what, because the ego brings the past forward, and suddenly it's a part of the conversation that we're trying to have in the here and now. So I think it's, it's a huge problem, and I, you know, I deal with it in the book a little bit, because in some ways we have to know our own, and we have to know what's kicking it into gear and, and deal with that. And, and in, in an interesting way, on the flip side, when you see it in someone else, the best you can do is really sever from it and, and be as distant from it as you can because otherwise you get roped into the drama that is being created by that other person's ego. So when you say sever, then would you call it like a timeout in the conversation and recommend that you, you, know, that in, that you regroup and come back to it? Definitely if it's escalating. You know, if the emotion is starting to spin out of control and it looks irrational, which egos are, and you start to see that you're, you're not making any sense and this person is going to fight a battle that you're not really there to fight, then it's time to walk away. But I've also, you know, we, I give a, a bunch of very simple uh, examples. You know, a, a bully is a good example of an ego that kind of is popping to the fore. And I have on several occasions just looked at people and said, please don't bully me, I don't like it, and it's over. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you're in that safe zone, you can absolutely take one second to, to, to send that ego back to where it came from and try. So basically calling them on it rather than severing the conversation. Yes, first I try to call them on it. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're um, squirrely, you know, and they fight. And so you know, sometimes that's just not feasible. Mm-hmm. You know, you could end up getting in, into something ugly. But... but- as I mentioned, uh, we do a lot of assessment work um, not only for our transition clients but also uh, within organizations. And defensiveness is a really, really huge problem. And, and as you say, it comes from the ego. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have um, a low self-esteem or certain areas that you're not confident in, you know, the, the alternative under stress is to get defensive. Right, and cover it up. And, and so, um, you know, even when I have worked with employees that, that I sense this uh, kind of behavior, I really, um, what I attempt to do is remain calm mm-hmm. and to try to pursue the issue from another perspective. So to mm-hmm. take away, you know, that I'm not trying to, um, uh, to be offensive in any way or to um, say they did anything wrong, mm-hmm. but that I want to discuss an area that we could improve. Mm-hmm. So would that be one of the approaches you would recommend? Yeah, I actually think that allays the fear. You know, so if you think about what, what everything that you just said about this idea that they, they're defensive and they come to the fore, it's to cover up, it's, it's in response to, to very uncomfortable feelings of insecurity. So that's, that's at the, the core of all of it. The, it. And it's not a pleasant feeling to feel insecure. So what alternatively... What I like about what you just said, and I think which is really valuable when you're working with people and helping them m- more developmentally, it's not necessarily you're going to have a head-to-head difficult conversation, but just in work in general, what you're doing when you do that is you're helping them feel more secure, which is, which is the problem. So you kind, of, you, know, you kind of take the negative and you neutralize it with a positive and it kind of t- puts some ease there for whatever stress they're putting themselves under internally. Right, exactly. I know one of the things that we recommend highly in our book is competence and we find that competence and 
striving for excellence and to be an outstanding employee uh, really does so much for you in communicating with anyone, boss, uh, subordinate, uh, peer, simply because when you talk about uh, a resume that you put a huge amount of time and effort into, as well as references and many other things, uh, you're speaking the truth, you're speaking from a uh, environment of competence, and you really are coming across as an excellent and outstanding employee. And we find that to be extraordinarily successful with our clients. Right. Well, I don't think that anything sells like conviction. You know, if someone can approach a resume or a job search with conviction, I think it puts them right up to the top of the pile. And that's exactly what we recommend, and that's exactly why uh, you know we feel so strongly about bringing on experts like yourself who, in, again, as we've discussed in so many of these shows, uh, there are so many parallels between what you're saying and what we're saying, and we're just so excited about having you on the show and having you a, a chance to share your thoughts and feelings with so many of our listeners. Well, thank you. Donna, one of the, one of the things that um, you know, relates to that is we talk about, in the job search, search situation, to always focus on the potential employer, or mm-hmm. if it's a contract or consulting, always be focusing on, well, what are their needs? Mm-hmm. How can I present my skills, capabilities, and competencies in terms of what their needs are? And in a sense, you're saying come to the table in those dreaded conversations with uh, an appreciation and an interest in what, what will be the other person's position. Right. And I actually think that that's one of the keys to success in everything you do in life. People, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the age-old, um, you know, difference between giving and taking. Are you a giver or are you a taker? And it's the same thing as the managers that do really well or, and the leaders that do really well are because they have a stance of giving to the people and looking what they can give to get the most out of them as opposed to what they can take and get. And so I think it's the same thing. If you sit down and have a conversation, it's what can I give to this employee? How can I help this person? You know, how can I make this easier on this person? How can I make this not about me? And that's true when you're looking for a job. It's true when you're, you know, just having day-to-day management issues and you're, you're, you're guiding people along, you know, their careers. And essentially, uh, you're able to get a lot more accomplished. You feel better about yourself. The other person is feeling better about that dreaded conversation, whatever news it might be about, something Mm -hmm. that you have to describe about their performance or bringing them the bad news about a layoff. Mm -hmm. You you come away feeling, well, she did the best that she can, and now I know that I have an opportunity to move on and and accomplish something else, Mm -hmm. something new in my life. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, pluses in the the, uh, truth of uh, reciprocity mm-hmm. and something that's very important in, in all aspects of life. Well, when we come back, we have more to share with some of the techniques to help you overcome those dreaded conversations. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now 1 866 472 5787. And ask our all star team to answer your questions. That's 1 866 472 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? 
If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Donna Flagg, and we're talking about surviving dreaded conversations. And in the last segment, uh, we covered quite a bit of the concepts uh, related to the ability to approach uh, these types of situations from the standpoint of the other person's perspective, so to kind of get away from the ego issues and focus on the other person, and also in a giving sense of being, you know, being able to focus on reciprocity. And um, for those of us who physically get nauseous before confronting a coworker or a boss or a client, Donna, you provide some very specific scripts. They're short and sweet and to the point, but it really helps to kind of uh, think about the conversation in as an exchange of information and how to um, to end it on a high note. Can you give us an example of a script that, that you feel is really exceptional? Well, you know, it's funny, actually. The, the scripts in general are all intended to, to convey one thing, and that is that you set it up, and that typically means, you know, kind of calling a spade a spade, which is we have a problem, we have a situation, I don't have good news, you know, something to that effect, getting right to the point and then closing it. So, you know, I think 
that for me, the scripts looked very similar because they all followed this fundamental structure underneath. But I think my favorite one, and it comes up not as often, but I think it's interesting, is when a person asks another person to lie or to hide something. And I guess this is maybe more relevant with what's going on or has gone on on Wall Street, but all, you know, all this duplicity. And, and how, do all of these people, how do all of these people end up participating in something like that? How come no one says, that's not something I can do? And I find it something that people find impossible to just say, I'm not going to do that. Hmm. And so I think in all the scripts, there's, there was one about an employee who asked another employee to do something that was not, you know, ethical. And, and this idea that they don't consider the answer no being an acceptable response. Well, I think that's a very important one to bring up because, you know, so much of that is going on in, in companies and society in general and in our political uh, circles as well. Right, right. Uh, is to understand that, that you can stand for the truth. Right. And it doesn't have to be offensive when you do that. Uh, no, but it you doesn't. can always, um, you know, take your stand on, on truth is, uh, is what you base your life. Integrity is important to you. And while you want to help the other person out, this is not the way that you can do it. And then one of the ways that we, uh, or I have typically done that over many years in consulting is through a performance appraisal. And I know that oftentimes people are saying, oh, performance appraisals are terrible and they, they don't do anything but hurt the person. But if it's handled correctly and if it's handled in a very honest way with a lot of integrity, with honest goals and honest feedback, a performance appraisal leading to potential appraisal and manpower planning and even succession planning can be an extraordinarily successful and positive tool. Well, I use the example, you know, growing up preparing to be a dancer, or I look at athletes a lot. When we danced, being corrected was the best thing that could happen to you in a class. And they would scream and they would put us down. Mm -hmm. And we thought it was the most positive thing because we knew that that teacher cared that we learned and got better. And so I've always thought, why don't we appreciate when someone takes the time to tell us, or, you know, the same thing in, ath- in athletics. You know, they're, those coaches, they're constantly telling you what you did wrong. And I happen to think that's very favorable. I've, I have always felt that I've appreciated so much when I've had managers and leaders come to me and say, you're so off the mark here. Because then I thought, oh, thank goodness I know now I can, make, I can change that. And you're and you're right. It doesn't. Uh, you know, there are some situations that give real heated, like in the in in games and sports, and and even in the dance situation where it's you know a lot of people, and it sounds like it can get right kind of raucous and right. challenging. But in the end, they do care, and it is a positive expectation of success that they're putting on you. They know you can do better. That's exactly and, right. You want to you want to know that they believe that because then you can bring the best out. And And then look what they've given you. They've given you an opportunity to be something you didn't think you could be. I mean, again, it goes back to look at what what they did for you in telling you you weren't cutting it. Well, and Donna, what's important here is the culture that the conversation takes place in. If an organization has a culture of excellent communications and they view and communicate to others that uh, healthy conflict and healthy discussion on goals or anything else is accepted and uh, 
rewarded, right. then that's exactly what people understand. But oftentimes the rules of the game are not really understood and never, in many cases, communicated, and therefore you have all this conflict that goes on, and that creates huge problems that right. shouldn't even be there. Well, I mean, it's, what you, it's a game. Then it's a game with the wrong, you know, the wrong things attached. Mm-hmm. And again, it gets back to uh, thinking of the other person. Right. Let's take an, an example of where an employee needs to approach a boss. Uh, okay. Is that, the boss approaching employee is, uh, you know, something that everybody can say, oh, it's, it's going to be them and not <laughs> me. But what if you have to take a conversation to the boss that is dreaded? How should you do that? Well, I think, you know, because of the whole ego situation, I think there's a reality check here, and that is that people who do feel insecure are going to often be those who, who chase power and strive to attain it. So right off the bat, you just have to be sensitive to the fact that by virtue of where you sit in the organization, there may be issues about the amount of honesty you can bring to bear on a conversation with your boss. I've had phenomenal bosses that I could say anything to, and I've had others that were so mired in their own kind of cloak, you know, of what they were trying to make everyone believe they were, there, was, there would be no talking to that particular person rationally. So that's the first assessment that you need to make. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because the truth is you're vulnerable. Because if you set that person off or you rub that ego the wrong way, they have the power to eliminate you or to... Or to they have the power, basically, to do anything because that's the way our corporate structure is set up. So I think that for the individual, he or she must be really clear about how far he or she is willing to go and how, how high the stakes are. Mm-hmm. So you may feel like, that I can get another job anywhere. So I will just... This, it's more important for me to be able to say what I need to say and face this person and take my chances. And that's not realistic for everybody to be able to do that. Well, I think the, the operative word there is uh, what are the stakes. Right. You know, what, what, how important is the issue that you want to bring up? Uh, is it worth risking whatever you might be risking to pursue it? Right. And if it's not, maybe it's something you need to let go. Right. And that's, and that's kind of, you know, again, one of these situations where I feel as though there's a lot of advice, but, but there's also a reality to the fact that we are in a power structure. That's just the way, that's just the way business is set up. And, and to, to go full steam ahead and say, well, that's it, I'm going to tell the truth, I'm going to say what I have to say, and, and explain how I feel may not be realistic when you are working, you know, upward. And on the other hand, uh, more and more organizations have flattened, Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not so much of an emphasis on power, but collaboration mm-hmm. and teamwork. And mm-hmm. so, in that situation, if you got to go team player to team player or coworker to coworker, what are some of the issues or an example that you can give us there? Well, I think it's the opposite because there is a lack of structure in place that kind of p- puts you in a pecking order where that that can determine how much latitude you have. You know, there, there, it's a very the mechanisms are in place to maintain control. I mean, that's true for us politically. It's, it's true for us organizationally. So I think what happens there and what I see is that when, you're, when it's flatter, whether it's, you know, uh, members of a team or people, uh, you know, lateral in organizations from department to department or within the same department, the issue is that they're afraid because there is no control mechanism in place. So they're afraid of a blow-up. 
you know, they're afraid that it will spin out of control because there's nothing that says that person can't do that. Mm-hmm. So that the person might be unreasonable and you have no recourse. Right, and no control. You have nothing, you have nothing in place that can manage that person's behavior. Mm-hmm. So what would be your recommendation for a situation like that? It's the same recommendation. It's tr- to, to try and to be as honest as you can and to walk into the situation and say, you know, I've noticed one of the things that comes up a lot is you know, someone feels that a coworker stole an idea and took credit for it. So the idea is, A, not to assume that that's exactly what happened, but to simply ask the question. And, you know, in some cases, all you can do is say, I'm uncomfortable with that, and walk away. And all you're doing, you know, it goes back to this, there may not be an end outcome. There may not be some desired result that you need to achieve, other than being able to just state that that made me uncomfortable and I don't think it's okay. And your chances are good that that will not happen again. And if the person bucks and gives you a hard time, there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, this is not going well. This is not working. I wanted to have a reasonable conversation with you. We apparently can't do that. It was my idea. I'm uncomfortable that, I, that I'm not being recognized for it. So if you want to come with me, let's go have a conversation with whoever, you know, the boss. Or, or I'm going to go do that on my own. It's your choice if you want to participate. Well, we've got another break here, and when we come back, we'll wrap up this discussion on dreaded conversations. Stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Listen for the right turn with J.J. O'Malley. It's an insider's look at America's fastest-growing motorsports series, the Grand Am Rolex Sports Car Series, presented by Crown Royal Cask Number 16. You'll hear about what happened last weekend and get a preview of what's coming up next. From the Rolex 24 at Daytona through Watkins Glen International, Mid-Ohio, Laguna Seca, right up to the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway. The Right Turn with J.J. O'Malley, broadcast live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. 
Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Kenneth Cheryl here with Donna Flagg, and we're talking about how you can take the dread out of those tough conversations of subjects that are difficult to approach, whether it's from employee to boss or reverse of that, or just coworker to coworker. And, Donna, you really focused on the work situation, but these uh, qualities and, and techniques that you're talking about really can apply to all of life, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I think that changes a little is that when you're talking with loved ones, and you know, I say friends, families, and neighbors, you probably don't want you – know, I, I stress a lot at work to just stick with the facts. You know, don't have a runaway train that go, go – you know, it's off target with how you feel and how you did this and how you did that. And I do think in personal relationships at home or, you know, outside of work, that there's much more space to discuss your emotions, how you feel, the effect that it had on you emotionally, you know, being hurt or not being hurt. You know, I think that's valuable dialogue in personal relationships, and I don't think it really flies that well at work. Yeah, that's a great distinction. Ken, you had an issue. Donna, one that the... There is, I know our listeners are very interested in, and, and being in New York City, um, uh, those of us, of course, I grew up in Jersey and spent a lot of time in New York City, but um, those of us who were now in Houston um, who look at New York City view it as uh, perhaps a, a difficult place to communicate. When people visit from New York City from other parts of the country, they they view it as different, and sometimes um, the people are, are seen as hardened and not as friendly, and I'm sure that's not the case in many cases. But how do you uh, view that as it relates to everything we're talking about here today? Well, I think, I mean, I would prefer, I, I can absolutely see that where that comes from. Uh, I also feel like, like if you're just in the city, there. It's more about the intensity of the city. It's about the speed at which things move. It's, it's to me, not about being hardened. It's about being intense. And that, that there are a lot of things moving at one time. And, in, and to the extent that that affects communication, there are, you know, there are 8 million or 15 million people here on any given day. So, so, so the pace picks up, which probably... Well, could contribute to, the, to this idea that I talk about developing muscles. You know, we say more, we say it faster, we say it more often, which I think is valid. And, 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 and that's all driven and pushed by this, this kind of energy behind us that's got us propelled. Uh, yeah. 
But I also will say this. When I first came to New York, I was walking around, you know, with my dad, and I'm looking, everyone's saying hello, we're going to stores and buying eggs, and everyone's so friendly. And I said to my father, what is everyone talking about New York being so hard and cold and rude? And he said, you know what, just remember this right now. It is what you make it. And that has proven to be true for me the entire time I've been here. Mm-hmm. Excellent. If you're looking for that, that's what you're going to get. And if you're not and you behave the way you think it should be, which is friendly and open, then that's what you'll get. So that real positive expectation of success can make a difference even in the way we communicate and the way we view others. Absolutely. You know, a lot of our uh, misunderstandings come from uh, the assumptions that we bring to to the uh, issue or to the uh, relationship and also um, uh, just, you know, not listening to the other person and and wondering where, where their particular truth, nugget of truth, lies. Right. Well, I think what we do instead is we listen to our ego tell us that it's something bad or it's something negative, and that's what we hear first because it's in our heads. You know, so that's, it takes precedent, and there's a discipline and the control to say, okay, I'm going to just put that one aside because I don't know that to be true. And it's worth at least finding out, and I might be true, but I might not be true. And if, it, and if it's something that could make a difference in the workplace, then you want to pursue that and, and see how it might make a difference um, to the relationship or to the project you're working on or to the particular right. challenge that you have. Well, something you said at break really struck me, uh, Donna, <clears throat> and that is about um, when you do have maybe a confrontation or someone seems to approach you with a confrontation mm-hmm. to challenge something you might be saying, as rather than uh, striking back, is to give yourself time to really look for where the truth is in that person's statement. Right. I think that is extremely valuable. And I also found it really interesting because I was upset. You know, I, as I said to you earlier, this person kind of threw the fact that I wrote this book into this accusation that I should never falter now. You know, I'm kind of committed to never make a mistake and always get it right. And... And I felt a little embarrassed by that, you know, when I, when I, when I did uh, flub something, and I was angry. And then I thought about it, and I said, well, wait a second, let me just flip to page, whatever was on, you know, whatever, wherever I wrote that. And I, and I listened to myself, and I listened to what he said, and he was right. I was wrong. And so it was a very easy way to close the situation and just say, you're right, I could have done a better job at preparing for that, and I apologize. And it's over. You know, and preparation is so key and something that we are constantly reinforcing in Job Search a Total System is that the more you prepare, whatever the process or project that you, might, uh, that you have to confront or the dreaded conversation, if you prepare for it, if you think through what are the issues that the person has, what are the issues I have, mm-hmm. what is the common ground that we may meet on, it can make a tremendous difference in how that is perceived by the person uh, as you approach them. Tremendous. I mean, it's really the difference between success and failure. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the most important point or tip that you would like our audience to take away about surviving dreaded conversations? The most important thing, I feel, is that it's having these conversations, talking to people, sharing what what you think and how you feel is not a big deal. And we've got it so blown up and we've made it so overly complicated that that's, that's all in vain. We don't, we don't need to do that. It's not really reality. And that if it is a big deal and if you find yourself, you know, go, 
you know, getting sick, and then, then you're, la- then you're, that's what my dad's, you're making it that. Mm-hmm. And that, and that it doesn't happen overnight, and that you don't just all of a sudden shift a mindset and develop this sense of ease, but I'll go back to the dancing, I'll go back to swimming, I'll go back to anything that we learn to do. We stumble at first, there, there will be some mistakes, and then you learn from that, but every time you move through it, you get better and better and stronger, and it becomes less and less of this big boogeyman that has the power to, you know, to frighten us so much. And so where can folks get your book so that they can start working on their muscles to be more effective in dreaded conversations? Sure, and we do have exercises, actually, for that very purpose. Uh, it is on Amazon.com. It's also in stores, Barnes & Noble, Borders, um, and, it's, it's, and it's also on their online stores. Okay, well, wonderful. Well, I do encourage everyone who uh, struggles with those kinds of situations to get a hold of the book because Donna's done a great job of communicating, first of all, why we have those issues and then scripts to help you uh, improve your skills. Remember to check out our seven free videos uh, that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access those, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. And be sure to join us next week for another informative and exciting program. Uh, Donna, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Donna. Take care of yourself. You too. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.